this is a Colored Pencil Podcast, session number 201. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a Colored Pencil Podcast, where we discuss in detail all things in and around colored pencils and the colored pencil artist. And now your hosts... Lisa Clow and John Middick. Hello, my name is John Middick of SharpenedArtist.com, and I'm joined as usual by my co-host, Lisa Clow of Luckery Fine Art. Lisa, how are you today? I am good. How are you? I'm doing never better. This is a show about colored pencil where we discuss this medium that we love so much. So, Lisa, what are we talking about today? We are talking about one of my favorite papers at the moment. That is pastel matte. They're all your favorite. (laughs) No, this one really is. This one is like magical. Like there were definitely fairies involved in the creation of this paper. (laughs) So, yeah, today we're going to be talking about the Clairefontaine pastel matte paper. It also comes in a card. I guess there's some notebooks. There's uh, some different iterations of this same type of paper, this surface type that we're talking about. So what paper are you using, Lisa? So mine was actually shipped to me from an amazing lady up in Canada. So mine is marked, I think, a little bit different than what you, the same paper I was looking on Dick Blick. So if some of my information sounds a little bit different, it's because I'm reading off one that was labeled for a different area. Oh, okay. Um, You're not going to be speaking French, are you? Uh, no. So okay. this one, it says that it's a card for pastel and it came in a sheet. They are 170 pounds and there are 12 sheets. They are just white in the one that I have. I don't have just white. Uh, I have a variety of four different colors. White is one of those and then sienna, brown, and then a charcoal color. This is 170 pounds, seven by nine and a half inches pastel mat on cards. Yeah, the label on the front of mine says card for pastel in many languages. Mm-hmm. Uh, English is the second label there that I can I can see. So Okay, uh, mine yeah. is too. So maybe ours are labeled the same. It, I'm not it might sure. be the same. Okay. I know sometimes when things are in Canada, they've got to be labeled differently than here. So I never know for sure if it's going to be the same or not. But it looked a little bit different than the ones when I was looking on Amazon for this. Um, the labels looked a, a bit different than mine. Could have just been old labels, though. So, yeah, we should probably start out by talking about the fact that this is actually designed for a different medium, not colored pencil. It's designed for pastel. I've seen some pretty amazing work done with it in pastel, the soft pastels as well as oil pastels. But it does work quite well with colored pencil. That's what I tested. I tested colored pencil on it. Uh, is that what you did, Lisa? Yeah, I did colored pencil first. I'm going to try pan pastels as well um, for the base. But for this first time, I decided let's go ahead and try just regular colored pencil blending with OMS. And my first layer, and this is weird. Normally, I'll put maybe I'd say three to five layers blend with OMS, three to five more layers blend with OMS until I end up with about 20, 15 to 20 layers total to get my color saturation where I wanted. With this one, I did my, I'd say about three light layers then did the first time blending with OMS. That is all the background needed, which was crazy to me. The color saturation. Yeah, it fills in quick. Oh, my gosh. Because I think because it's, it is a more rigid surface, it's picking up more of the colored pencil. But when it blended out, it looked more like watercolor pencil or ink tents. It was crazy when I added the OMS. It, it was 
per, like absolutely perfect for me. Definitely, I think as of right now, probably my favorite, favorite paper when working OMS with colored pencil. Like just the how quickly the color saturation got on there was insane to me. It saved so much time, but got the same end result. That was the thing. Cause I don't, I don't look to save time and have lesser results. I want to save time, but have the same or better results. And I felt for the way that I work here, that that was the case. Yeah. You definitely fill in the tooth a lot faster on this paper than you do on a traditional cotton paper or anything with an absorbent surface. But when you compare it to UART pastel paper or the Fisher 400, there are some big differences there. This has a finer tooth uh, and it fills in very, very quickly, as you alluded to. Um, but also, it really reminds me of the Art Spectrum Color Fix pastel paper. Um, it has sort of that fine type of tooth and you you can use OMS, but when you're doing that, it nearly feels like you're just painting with it. Yes. But you just have to vary your technique um, if you're not used to using OMS in that way. I do like it. It's just, it is, it's quicker. It's a lot faster. Um, you do fill in that tooth very quickly. You're not having to go back over and restate lines. You're getting a lot accomplished in a shorter amount of time. Uh, but you can go back over it as well. It will hold. It's one of those things where it feels like it's not going to hold a whole lot, but you can uh, do multiple layers on it. And you can get to that point where, you know, you're starting to burnish even. One of the things, though, that I noticed is that you can get to that point, though, where it's it can start skipping just a little bit, sort of like what you get with, like, Duralar, some of those real fine plastic kind of papers, where it will just start kind of gliding and skipping over a pencil layer when you're going on top of it. And you'll notice that if you're using, like, uh, a big, contrast in one of your layers like a red over a blue or something like that uh, it can start skipping just a little bit one way to you know correct that or to uh, make it where that doesn't really matter too much is to, just to use OMS in that area and then go back over it again you can kind of thin it out and it keeps that rigid surface for you so it'll take more pencil layers and that's the nice thing about it yeah I think because I did use so much OMS I didn't experience that but I wouldn't have noticed it because everything was so heavily done with the OMS. I do want to say though, I can see where a negative for people would be the fact that this does feel like painting. If so, cause some artists, I mean, a the reason that a lot of people prefer colored pencils is you're not having to control a paintbrush. And with this, I definitely had to work that brush like I would when I was applying actual paint to a canvas or ink tents or something like that, or watercolor pencil. Like I said, it, it felt very much like watercolor pencil or ink tents. So if you're not comfortable with using a paintbrush, I could see where that would be, turn some people away from it where you get brush strokes, like actual brush strokes will show when you're using OMS that you wouldn't typically have. Yeah, if you want with them, yeah, watercolor yeah, paper. You could do that. Yeah, that's that. I, so it, point, it can be a good or a bad. It depends on what you're looking at. But I can, I can see where some people may completely hate this with OMS if they weren't comfortable with painting. If painting, they're like, this doesn't feel like colored pencil. It feels uh -huh. more like painting. Then that, that artist may not love this as much as I did. Yeah, yeah, true. You can use it without without any OMS, obviously. Yeah. Um, I did a lot of testing with that. And it's nice because it has that same property of sanded paper where you can go back over dark areas with a white pencil and it will show up. And that's the nice thing about this as well. It's a little bit like... Um 
that it it felt a lot like sanded paper in that where you could take like your white pencil for a yeah. highlight and it really showed up. I thought that I was going to end up using for the I drew some roses with them and I thought that I would use a lot of touch up texture titanium white mixture for my highlights. I didn't need to because the white pencils alone were coming out so bold and really like that was nice that it was kind of. I don't know. I felt like it was my dream paper. Of all the things that I want in a colored pencil paper, this paper was like it for me. But again, I like to paint. So it made the colored pencils feel like painting, which I definitely did enjoy. Here's some of the popular colors if you want to get some of this and uh, test and experiment, try it out. They have anthracite, which is that dark charcoal kind of color. They have brown, they have buttercup, dark gray, light gray, maize, sienna, and white. That sienna, uh, that comes in this pad that I've got here. I'm really excited about that one. I want to try that out. Uh, And the white looks pretty pretty awesome, too. I mean, it looks just like you're drawing on white paper, really. Mm -hmm. So... I think those are good, nice, neutral tones uh, to do a lot of things with. I mean, you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to just relegate this paper to, you know, portraits or a still life or something like that. I think you could use it for a lot of different uses in subject matter. So I think that's kind of cool. I just like these neutral tones as a good surface to start from when you're starting to add color. Yeah, and because the color does stick so well, I think that you're going to be able to get your brights brighter than you would on, let's say, when I'm working on Canton Me Tens, like their darker papers. You're the pencils stick to it and they show up, but not as much as they do on this surface or like you would get with sanded paper. So I think that using those darker papers will will work well. Now, one negative I found on this, initially when I started these roses, I was considering leaving my paper or my background completely just stark white. Yeah, I quickly realized everything sticks to it. I was having smudges show up that I'm like, I know I can touch the paper there. Where is it Yeah, and you get that dust too. Yeah, Yeah, so leaving the background paper show through wasn't something that I think I would even attempt again on this, even with the dark ones, just seeing how much smudging you get. But then again, I was able to cover that background up so quickly that it was no problem. So I'm glad that it happened because it made me try filling in a large background with the way that I did and realize that's a very fast way to do it. But yeah, if I wanted a solid white background or a solid any color background where I wasn't using a white pencil to fill that in, I would probably not choose this one in that case. Now, I know a lot of you guys have talked to me about you You don't like that uh, tactile feel of sanded paper where it has that abrasive kind of surface. This may surprise you, but this surface does not feel like that. I, and I don't know how they accomplish that exactly, but it has kind of a smooth feel to it. And it's just kind of a, a weird thing. So I would really encourage you to try it out if you're at least curious and interested in using a rigid it's, surface. It's not messy like sanded paper. Sanded paper, you right, get right, more it's fall not. off. You really don't. Yes, like you this. do. That yeah. surprised me. You get a little bit of dust, but not not to the degree that you do on sanded paper. Big, no, big no. difference between those two. Now, mm-hmm. one of the things that I've had a lot of people ask me about is, can you use powder blender on this? And one of my friends, one of my close friends told me, oh, it works. I tried it. It worked great. And I was always a little bit suspicious that she was just wrong because she hadn't tried powder blender on sanded paper. Yeah, that was the case. It does not work at all with powder blender. This is not, I would not recommend that at, it almost, for those of you who have used powder blender, when you've used your wax-based pencils and tried to blend it out with powder blender, it doesn't work real well. That's what it feels like with your oil-based pencils. I used polychromos and tried to blend it and you get those little grainy bits where it sticks like a wax-based would. 
on sanded paper with powder blender. So yeah, no, this is not, I mean, you, you may think, but it blended a little. Yeah, that's, it's not working as intended. That is not how powder blender is supposed to work. So absolutely would not recommend this at all. And again, those of you who are like, but I used it and it worked. It did not work as intended. So yeah, while this is technically non-absorbent, so you would think that that counts and works with, with it, I tried it and it, it's not even close to what that product is supposed to do. Yeah, well, remember with Powder Blender, I mean, one of the things I think works the best with it is doing the multiple layers and repeating the process over and over. Mm -hmm. That's where you get that real smooth. Yeah. And this just won't do this will not take that many layers. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. Is your friend spraying it in between and then I'm going not back sure over what she did. Or? I mean, I can see where that may. No, in her I case, know. I know. And uh, Kendra, if you're listening, I'm, I am making fun of you on the podcast. She'll laugh at that. Um, but um, I'm always giving her a hard time. But no, she she hadn't used sanded paper and she works with pastel. Oh, okay. So she had this available. So she tried it. She was like, yeah, it works. Oh, it blends. Gotcha. So she'd never seen how it actually blends on sanded paper. She didn't see the difference there. So I'm actually kind of excited to contact her and tell her, hey, try powder blender again. I bet you'll like it better if you use it on the right surface. Yeah. Because this is yeah, not how it's supposed to work. Like it almost was kind of like how people expect when they use OMS for the first time and they expect it to to blend out like a watercolor pencil or ink tense where the the pigment just spreads right. everywhere and it doesn't it just kind of dissolves it in place and that's almost what powder blender did on pastel matte it just kind of smudged it but it didn't do what powder blender is intended to do like it so i can see where people are like yeah it blended yeah that's not how it's supposed to blend that that should do a very different thing I have had a lot of people ask if, um, you know, I would recommend the Art Spectrum Color Fix. I did that commission uh, fall of last year with an old shed. And I tell people kind of the same thing you were talking about, Lisa, where if you're comfortable with painting, if you think that you might enjoy using the paintbrush most of the time and pencil very little, then it's something that maybe you might want to try. And so I I think it's just the best comparison with this type of paper. So I, the same thing holds true. If you're wanting to try something that will challenge you and push you in a different direction with your techniques, then I would say go ahead and get it and go ahead and try it. But I would try both of these. Now, the color fix actually comes in just a ton of colors. I mean, I don't know, maybe 20 colors, something like that. So there's a lot of different choices that you can choose from with regard to a background. And that may be a fun thing to do is just get two of, you know, maybe uh, a gray color one of the Art Spectrum Color Fix and then one of of the uh, Claire Fontaine Pastel Matte and see what you think about those two different surfaces. But yeah, I would I never I never encourage anyone not to experiment, not to try because that's the way I I I experiment all the time. I I would just go insane if I was just drawing the same thing and the same techniques all the time. I'm always switching that up, and I think you guys know that. Um, you can now, what would you count say that as is a the positive difference? or a negative? I don't know, but what would that? you say is the difference between the the pastel mat and the Spectrafix? Because I've never the tried biggest, the other. The biggest difference to me is that the Color Fix had more of an uneven and a rigid. You can feel the texture on it, more like sanded paper in that regard. But it's thinner, just like the pastel mat is, and so you fill it in quicker, but. It, you cannot like if you try to create a straight line on the color fix, you would have some challenges doing that on this 
this pad that we just tried here, the pastel mat, you could do that. You know, you could draw a straight line pretty easily. And so you, you nearly have to use, you have to use OMS. You have to do other things or build up enough layers that you're burnishing. You've created a coat on the uh, surface for the color fix. That's what I would think might be some of the biggest differences there from what I remember about that. I, I would like to just get them side by side again and, you know, have some more of that color fix beside this. And I do have some laying around here somewhere and then just test them side by side immediately back to back, you know, that kind of thing. This paper is not just available in the pads. You can actually buy it individual sheets, the larger sheets that are 19 and a half by 27 and a half. Uh, I'm looking at Dick Blick and they've got that available in the white, sienna, maize, which is kind of a, it looks like a cream color, light gray, dark gray, buttercup. I want to get buttercup just so I can say I'm drawing on buttercup. Uh, brown and something that looks like black, but not quite black. And I can't pronounce it. Starts with an A. Anthracite. I believe. Oh, yes, that is correct. Is. Good job. You're not even looking at this right now, are you? You just know what Well, it I looked at it earlier. Oh, I'm like, I have no idea how to say that. But well, it's, individual- in, it's in my pad. It's in my pad. I'll, uh, to be fair, it's right here in my pad as well. <laughs> the individual sheets, uh, Dick Blick, they are 1408. Or if you buy five or more, they're listed at 1280. So the cost per sheet, it's not terrible. It's That's also not, not the cheapest thing in the world, but it's not terrible. It's not bad, one that I'm going to be buying a lot of. And, uh, and what you were saying to you before, you like to try all of the different papers and not stick to one. Even though I keep saying, you know, this one's my favorite. Now this one's my favorite. I still use multiple different papers. I mean, I have one, a project yeah. in colored pencil that's sitting right in front of me right now. It's a coral that I'm drawing. And that one I'm using the Fabriano Artistico that I've been using from years ago. So I'm jumping around constantly from paper to paper. As much as I like one paper, I'm the same way. I want to try lots of different things. There's not one that I want to use forever. I often think it's kind of like a personality flaw, though, with me. It's like I just get bored with one yeah. thing. It's like I have to keep switching it up, you know. Yeah, and uh, it depends. Like what medium am I – do I really want to focus more on OMS right now? Do I want to focus yeah, on teeny yeah. tiny smooth paint? Like what am I in the mood to focus on? I have to say, though, I kind of wish I had done this project I'm working on right now on the pastel mat because the tiny, tiny little dotted details, I've got to do these little dots and little highlights. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to need to do that with the touch-up texture titanium white mixture, whereas if I had used – pastel mat, I could just use my pencil and make dots and they would have shown up. So I did not plan that out very well. I really, really wish right now I were working because it would have simplified things if I had just worked (laughs) on pastel mat in the first place for this piece. But I think a lot of that too is just depending on the project because another project I may prefer this one versus pastel mat. You know, it just depends. I'm drawing a portrait uh, with it right now, but maybe I didn't make this clear, I guess, but I do prefer this over the color fix uh, art spectrum. I think the biggest reason is because that tactile feel, I I do care about the feel of the paper. Uh, it kind of gets me weirded out whenever I'm feeling the sanded paper too much. It's like, oh, I don't like that feeling, you know. But with this, I feel like I'm just on paper. Um, yeah. It doesn't feel any different. And the techniques can you can still employ the same techniques. Like if you wanted to use this with no OMS at all, you can do that. You can build up light layers on it. 
So I think that's kind of cool, too. Yeah, that definitely surprised me. I, I was really yeah. surprised just in general because it feels very slick. I'm like, oh, this mm-hmm, is going to be too smooth. Does. I'm not going to be able to get the pigment I want on there. The first time I did a little scratch test with the OMS, my jaw just hit the floor. Like yeah. one light layer in the pigment yeah. was insanely dark. Like mm-hmm. it did. I don't maybe because or it, bright too. Yeah, or bright. You dark, can do bright. It with I the, mean, it, the it was the color. Too. Yeah, I think yeah. I'm using the wrong term. The color saturation, saturation was yeah. really there, and I think because when I use OMS on like the watercolor paper, I have to put more layers because it soaks into it. It like pushes yes. down further, and this one it really didn't. It stayed right. up on top, and it it was really crazy to me how and I didn't use as much of my pencil. That was the thing too. I didn't need as many layers, so I didn't burn through my pencil as fast as I do on watercolor paper. Yeah, now that's a good point right there. That's that's very true. You're not going to use as much pencil as you do even on sanded paper as you do on this. You're you're going to I, I think if you've not tried this paper, I think you'll be surprised by that as well. And you may think, oh, they are crazy. That makes no sense. But I'm telling you, you've got to really kind of experience it because you feel that soft surface and the, or a slick surface, I should say. And then as soon as you start drawing on it, it has the feel of the sanded paper, but without some of those negatives that you may associate yeah. with sanded paper. So, yeah. Yeah. Try I'm it out. Huge, I huge fan right now. Now, one thing, um, I had somebody in one of my live streams comment saying that they were told when they contacted Claire Fontaine, they told them not to use OMS on it, that it would tear down or destroy the, t- the something. It was going to, to cause some problem. So, I wasn't sure. I wondered on this one, and we may have talked about this in a, a past live stream or podcast, but- I don't know. One of the problems that it's a newer paper, so that that I think a lot of times they hedge a little bit because yeah. it's a newer paper. Well, one of the problems that you have a lot of times when you contact any company, I've had people do this when they contacted Faber Castell. I've heard of stories when people contacted Karen Dosh, you know, anything. Yeah. You get misinformation or, or conflicting right. information where one person contacted Faber Castell and said, Hey, we heard that, you know, something about an oil based pencil. And they, they responded saying, We don't know where, where anyone got the idea that it's an oil based pencil. We're not an oil based pencil for the poly- yeah. polychromos. We're blah, blah, blah. These are the ingredients we use. And it's like, you know where they got that information? Your website says it. Yeah. Your website still team. says it. So, and <laughs> oh, I mean, wow. with colored pencils, they're all a combination of wax and oil and clay right. you know they've got lots of ingredients in them so when we use the term oil or wax base it's kind of like it behaves we're almost commenting more on how the pencil behaves yes. than we are the actual right. ingredients i mean an oil-based pencil is right. going to have a bit more oil but they still have all the ingredients so yeah, we're that's not really chemists what it's uh, yeah we're not chemists um and and it's a it's a layman's term or it's an artist term for describing the experience with it is what which I is how the manufacturers have been describing it. So the point there is that a lot of times their own marketing people don't even know what the other one hand is doing from the other hand. So I, when they got the information about Claire Fontaine or about pastel mat, not behaving well with, with OMS, I decided to contact them myself because I wanted to know, are you, because a lot of people will say with OMS that it's, it makes it not light fast. It affects this. It affects that. There's zero proof of any of that. No one's done any testing that proved that. All we see is that the colors are still not fading years and you know 
20 years later after using OMS. So I was curious, did you do testing that proved not to do it? Or are you just making the assumption just in case? But I, I contacted them and I contacted them, their branch, I guess, in the U.S. And they said, well, we're just the, the, the distributor here within the U.S. We will have to forward this information overseas to where it's actually made. But that OMS, as long as you're not using a ton of it, it's not going to cause any damage. It was fine. So they said it was okay. Um, cause I was curious, did you do testing that said it was not fine, not okay? They said they'd have to ask that directly from Claire Fontaine themselves, but that they did know using a bit as long as you're not using so much that it damaged the paper at the time. Oh, so it didn't sound like a long-term That's true term with issue. anything. Yeah, that that's would be true with, with any, any paper. of them. And I yeah, played around yeah. with this where I added a ton of OMS and it didn't do any damage. So I think damage that they to were the just paper? being caught. Yeah, that's just, okay. yeah it didn't I, hurt right. anything at all. So well, yeah. I'm not at all... Um, I'm not worried about it at, at this point. So I was concerned about that. I didn't want to give people bad information. So that's why I contacted them myself. But they told me in the email, using a small amount shouldn't cause any damage and, and you know, just common sense with using OMS and paper. So uh, yeah, we should, yeah, and I make, again, should be safe, but I'm still waiting to hear back. It's been a few weeks. They, they haven't gotten back. To, I, I'm not expecting to actually hear back on this because I'm pretty sure no tests were done to prove that OMS caused not. any actual damage. But so many people... People, I think, act like OMS is like throwing gasoline on something and you're, you know, yeah, yeah. they don't we, know what it actually is. Yeah, and, and we should probably dedicate an entire show and talk about some of the myths related to OMS because there's a ton of them out there. One of the things that I remember hearing, which makes no sense, is, well, if you thin out that um, that pigment too much, then all of a sudden you know, that's not light fast anymore. you got to be careful with that OMS and you got to go back over it and all this. And it's like, well, you know, pigment is pigment is pigment. If the pigment is being exposed, either it was a good pigment that is light fast or it's not. Now, yes, the wax can help the light fastness of a particular color whenever uh, a manufacturer is testing a colored pencil or any medium. They're not always thinning it out like that, but you have to use common sense whenever you're using anything with your work So, and protect it as much as you can. All right. So yeah, we might want to save that for another show at some point. If I hope that we've inspired you and encouraged you to go out and uh, grab some of this yourself. And if you do, we'd love to hear about that in the show notes. You can comment over there. I had a lot of emails uh, from last week, people congratulating us on the 200th show. And a lot of people saying they could not Log in to Discuss, which is the um, commenting tool that I use over on my website. Uh, I'm not sure why that was. Maybe it was down. I don't I don't know, but I apologize for that. Uh, but thank you so much for the notes and appreciate that so much. So if you do enjoy the show and you want to let us know about that, you can always email podcast at sharpenedartist.com. And this is a weekly show. We'll talk to you again next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com.